Yo, this is the Live from the Kitchen podcast with your host, Virgil from Infrastructure of a Man. And today's topic is how to use pessimism for your benefit. Question, when do you have an idea that has gotten you super excited, but then you started thinking about everything that could go wrong with the idea, and then you never acted on the idea after that? Many people teach on how to have a positive mindset how to think optimistically and how to think win-win and the reason you want to operate in a positive mindset is because pessimism can lead to inaction the cynical mind can lead to paralysis by analysis it can also lead to hyperinflated fear and anxiety focusing on the positives can eliminate all of these negative emotions but what doesn't get talked about as much is the time that it takes to move from a pessimistic mindset to an optimistic mindset. It takes repeated practice of having an idea and being purposeful and thinking positively about it. The transition from an old mindset of being mostly pessimistic to being mostly optimistic can be a daunting challenge, but that's the point. Just think, if everybody will be able to do it, then what would be the point of doing it? If it was easy, everyone would be able to do it. Everybody would have a positive mindset. So that's why there is a challenge when it comes to changing your mind, especially in the context that we're talking about right now, which is going from a pessimistic mindset to an optimistic mindset. On top of people being trained to have that mindset, you then also have the people who just naturally look for problems and everything. They weren't trained like this. They weren't trained to look for problems and everything. This is just their natural personality. They were born like this. For those of you who are familiar with the DISC assessment, these individuals are the high C's or the ones that are the cautious ones in the group. One of the greatest lessons that I learned in life is that very few things are good and bad. Most things are actually neutral. And we as humans assign a label to these things depending on the initial emotion we attach to the event. So I want y'all to make sure y'all understand that. In and of itself, actions and events, majority of the time, I'll say about 90-95% of the time, they're actually neutral. It's your reaction to them and how you and how you respond to them that makes that event or that or that objection or that situation positive or negative good or bad pessimism in itself isn't negative what makes pessimism negative is that when people create these negative thoughts in regards to an idea they have they stop there they stop at the idea when they have an idea then all these negative thoughts come in that's where they stop they never spin they never spin the block on the opposition of their ideas meaning they never come back to annihilate the enemy of the idea that they just created they allow these pessimistic thoughts to kill their idea pessimistic thoughts are the op or the opposition to your positive thoughts to those great ideas that you have going back to my previous point People will teach positive thoughts and being optimistic without addressing the gap in between the two mindsets. And the gap between being pessimistic and being optimistic 
is where most people fall victim. So how do we address this gap? How can we use pessimism as a positive until we can think optimistically naturally? Through a process we call inversion thinking. Inversion thinking is the process of solving problems, but in reverse. So many of us fall victim in this gap. This gap, basically in transformation. In any transformation, there's a gap. And many people fail their transformation because they never account for the gap in between the old them and the new them in the bridge that they have to cross. Imagine you all have seen the movies, you all have seen the cartoons where you got a, you got a, you got the land on one side and then the land on the other side and then you have this rickety bridge in the middle overlooking this steep drop that most times you can't even see the bottom is fog underneath it. That's what it looks like when you transition from the old you to the new you. Most times the character that's walking across that bridge, they're shaky. They don't, they don't have any trust in the, in the board that's beneath them. What always happens is one of the boards that they step on cracks and breaks and fall, falls down and you see the water underneath and it splashes. It takes about five, seven seconds for it to splash to kind of emphasize the distance between the bridge height and where the water is at or it just falls into whatever you don't hear it fall. Once again, as an emphasis on how far the distance is from the bridge to down below. Now that same gap in that same bridge is what you have to cross to get from your old self to your new self. And when we're thinking about being pessimistic and then transferring or transforming into optimism, that bridge is very rickety. That transformation bridge is extremely rickety. So in, in, in that, in that transformation, in that walk, we have to have a set of tools. And in that set of tools, we have one tool called inversion thinking. And like I explained it before, inversion thinking is the process of solving problems, but in reverse. But how does that help me with using pessimism in my, in, to my benefit? is a question you're probably asking yourself right now. Like I stated, most pessimistic people will think of all the problems and stop there. Inversion thinking allows you to think of all the problems, but it's the next step which is important. You take those problems and then you find the solutions for them. So as your mind goes crazy creating all of these problems and situations, you write that you write them down let them all come and then boom you destroy them with the solutions i've really got an opportunity to kind of use this in my personal life well not kind of but it was more so of a tandem a tandem attack with me and my wife so my wife and i we are starting a business starting some businesses you know trying to do some things and my wife, when she did the disc assessment, she was a high C. She was she was like an extreme C. 
So with the high C's, they're the they're the ones that are the analytical ones. So when you're looking for these problems and situations, you have to overanalyze things. And because they're naturally analytical, they find all the problems and everything. Me, I'm a high D and a high I. So that means I'm the opposite. My goal is to get us there. So that makes me very optimistic. So a lot of times I will jump head first into something. I'll do a lot of research, but now just like bump it. Mm. Because I don't want to get that paralysis by analysis. I don't want to overthink it. I know that no matter what you do in life, there's going to be a learning curve. And then there's also going to be some trial and error. And there are going to be some mistakes made. And there are going to be some things that look like what it is that you thought looked like something different than what you thought it was supposed to look. I understand that's what happens in life. And I'm willing to take those risks. But my wife, she overanalyzes things. So what ends up happening is she's actually the quote-unquote pessimistic one in certain regards in our relationship. So her being pessimistic, when I brought to her the idea, or as we're transitioning into the idea, she starts bringing up all of these things that could go wrong, that probably could happen, that maybe I didn't think about and a lot of these things I really didn't think about some of these things I did think about I was like I'm willing to take that risk but some of the things that I did not think about I was appreciative of her of her bringing these things to my forefront because what happened is the old me this is and this is this is why I'm thankful for my wife having this mindset see a lot of people don't like to have people around them that challenge their ideas a lot of people don't like to have people around them that don't think like them and they'll label it as oh you're speaking negativity into this or oh you're you're whatever and the old me would think like that but then as i started getting stronger in who i was and what it is that i know i was supposed to do i didn't look at it as my wife speaking negativity into my plan no what i looked at it as my wife turning over rocks that i might not have seen so instead of, and, and, and this was also the old me, this is why I didn't want people to, people around me who necessarily didn't agree with me in certain aspects or who didn't quote unquote support what I was doing because I wasn't fully confident in myself, my skills and my abilities. So I'm already jump ahead in first and sometimes I'm jumping in so that I don't have to think about anything else because if I thought about what could go wrong, it would scare me away from doing what it was that I wanted to do. And that was because I didn't have confidence in my abilities to get the job done. So that was like my defense mechanism. I don't want to hear anything negative. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to take stuff as it happens. That didn't always work well for me. But now because I am confident in my skills and abilities to do the thing in which I am pursuing, when my wife brings to me negative things that could happen or or situations even if they are irrational fears what this does is it's a twofold process for me the first process is it allows me to see things that i naturally would not have seen i don't have that attention to detail like that but also what it does is prove to me is this something that i really want to do 
Because if I allow fear to creep in and stop me from doing what I want to do, then it's really either A, isn't something that I'm that I really want to do or something that I don't believe I'm I'm prepared to do. Now, here's the thing. You are going to have fears and things like that. But it's when you press forward in in the presence or in the face of the fear that, you know, okay, this is what I want to do. So by her bringing to me these challenges and me being able to look up there, look at them objectively and then go and find the answer and then not shake or waver my faith in where it is that I'm moving. I know that I'm prepared to go and do that thing. So that's why I appreciate it what it is that she had done and these things that she brought up. I don't need her to, to, hey, yes, I do need the support, but I don't need her to just blindly allow me to go into things without checking it, without checking me. Because there's some things I'm like, you know what? I didn't think of that. Okay, let me let me go back and retool some things or, or let me pull it back a little bit, get some things in order, then go. So that's why I'm glad that she had that mindset. But if you're a person who you are the pessimistic individual and your pessimism isn't productive, if your pessimism stops you from acting, this is where this inversion thinking technique is going to come into play for you. This inversion technique is going to help bring a greater level of mental peace to you. Just like it did to my wife. By me going through these things, it brought, and me coming back to her, saying, hey, these are the answers to your concerns or to your questions, or or these are um, how we can cover that up, or, or I went in and I figured it out or whatever. It brought a peace of mind to my wife. And it helped me to overlook I'm sorry, help me to cover the things that I overlooked or ignored. And it does the same thing for you if you're that if you're that pessimistic person. So naturally, most of our brains, this is why this inversion thinking works. Naturally, most of our brains are better at finding problems than solutions. This has something to do with evolution. Has something to do with the position of the amygdala in relation to our prefrontal cortex, the way our brains are developed through through quote unquote evolution and, and and just how our ancestors figured out how to survive and then they got passed down in our DNA. When you're trying, when you're in survival mode, you're always looking for things that are a threat. So our minds have naturally adapted to looking for all the things that are a threat or quote unquote the negative more so than things that that keep us alive because the things that that are good for us to keep us alive that's, that's not going to end our life but that tiger or lion hiding in the bush that we don't see because we aren't paying attention that's going to kill us but those berries that are on the tree that are going to give us life that's not going to kill us so we're more, we're gonna our ancestors concern themselves more with the animal in the bush than they did the berries on the bush or trying to find the animal in the bush rather so trying to find the berry on the bush so that's how our minds have come to be built as humans over time now we were created to find threats in our environment like I just explained so it would be smart for our natural abilities 
would be smart for us to use our natural abilities to our advantage as opposed to our disadvantage. So here's an example I want to give to you all. Let's just say you want to purchase a home. What are three pessimistic thoughts that comes to your mind when you think about purchasing a home? So I'll come up with three for you real quick. Um, You might say to yourself, I don't have enough money to purchase a home. My credit score is too low, maybe a second one. And the third one might be, I won't have the money for future repairs. So many people will leave it at that and stop trying to purchase a home. So you get this great grand idea. Oh, I'm going to go buy a house. But then immediately all these negative things come into your mind. These, these, these thoughts on why you should it. And then when they come in and they kill that joy, you just kind of put it to the wayside. Like, uh, and you never go back and revisit it. But many people, like I stated, will leave it at that. But what are some rebuttals to these? This is where that inversion thinking comes in at. What are some rebuttals to these? What's the next step after those ideas come in? What's the next step, the invert, the inversion thinking? You can find a home purchasing program, a home purchase assist program. So they assist you with purchasing a home if you don't have the money. Um, you could join a program that doesn't look at your credit score. There are many programs homebound programs out there that do not look at your credit score that well i'm sorry they don't take your credit score into a factor when purchasing the home you can find a seller that will hold the papers for those of you all who don't know what hold the papers is it's basically renting but with ownership privileges so you go to someone you say hey i don't qualify for a loan but I'll pay you X amount of dollars to either A, I pay the loan off or B, I get my credit score and everything up to where I need to get it to where I can go and purchase a home. I'm sorry, purchase, get a loan to purchase the home from you. So that's another thing that you could do. You could find a company that will purchase the home for you and allow you to pay them until you raise your credit score up to go then refinance it or, or to get a loan to purchase the home. You can find a non-qualifying mortgage and uh, one non-qualifying mortgage is a company that loans you the money to purchase the home and they base the loan not on your credit, not on your credit worthiness, not on your income, not on any of those things. They base it on the value of the property. Programs like that, programs and loan companies and, and companies like that are out there and they do exist. Um, you can look for companies that offer payment plans for home repairs. If you're like, oh, I can't afford, you know, oh, what if a pipe busts? What if I get a hole in the roof? Like there are companies that'll fix your stuff and then put you on a payment plan. Um, you can learn how to become handy and fix things real quick. What I used to do, I used to do contract work and I had, you know, partially started my own appliance repair business. So I was repairing appliances. I would go around and I would, you know, do little light handyman work, fix little things. And you all know how I learned that. I learned my I learned my skill sets 
from YouTube. Hey, my wife didn't want to go buy a new dryer, so I had to learn how to fix the dryer from YouTube. I had to learn how to fix the plumbing pipes. And then also I had a little a little background knowledge where I went to learn learn, took some took some classes. Um, got certified in some of these things, but I actively went out and learned. I didn't sit back and say, hey, I don't know how to do these things. What am I going to do? No, I went out and learned how to do these things. So that way, if these things need to be fixed, they can be. Shoot, our dryer just broke. We don't have to go buy another dryer. We don't have to call out an appliance repairman who's going to charge us just to come knock on our door at least $100 and then a service fee and then the parts fee, all of that. We don't have to worry about that. Order the parts offline. $60 total. I go in there, take about 30, 45 minutes to fix it, and it's done. Because I took the time to learn the skill. Because I knew things happen. Ish happens. Like, you're never going to go through life and, and things aren't going to break. So I taught myself how to fix things when things break. You can do the same thing. You can also make friends with people who are handy. Or if you have friends figure out hey what is you what are you good oh you know how to fix this or you know somebody who knows how to do this and make connections so that way if you need their help they can help you hey bud hey this broke you think you come look at it sure they come look at it fix it up for you throw them a couple of dollars um you could get a house with equity in it so any event that you might have to take out an equity line of credit for repairs you can you know go buy a house where you're going to be you're going to be underwater or you're going to have an upside down mortgage. You'll get a home where it already has some equity in it. Maybe you have to go get a, a home that was foreclosed on. So it comes with some equity in it. Get you a 203k loan to fix it up. Now it looks how you want it to look. And then you have some equity in an event that repairs need to be had down the road five years, ten years later. Um. So these are just a few examples. But this is a practice that you can adopt in every aspect of your life. So I know we applied it to purchasing a home, but whether it be weight loss, whether it be transitioning jobs, whether it be quitting your job and you want to start your own business and you have that idea, then all these things come into play about what could happen if you don't have a job or you quit a job to go start your own business. Um, There are many different ways building wealth, getting your finances in order, having children, um, moving to a new city. There are many different ways that, or many different thoughts that you can have as a, as um, someone who's pessimistic when it comes to things that you want to do. Now, real quick, I like talking scripture and I like taking scripture and applying it to my everyday life for practical use. When I read the Bible, I know most people, they read the Bible and they think doom and gloom. When I read the Bible, because this is what I was taught, it's supposed to improve your life. So when I read the Bible, I'm looking for practical applications from the advice that I can put into my life to improve my life. That's that's the whole purpose. If it's not improving my life, then I don't, I don't read it. But I can take different scriptures and verses and practically apply them to my life to improve my life. Um, so one, 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 one verse that is in the Bible is you must look the devil right in his eye and confront him. 
Now there's another verse and I couldn't quite remember where it was at when I was um looking this up, trying to figure it out. I'll find it later. Um, but you can go search it up as well. Um, there's another verse in there that says, you know, there's gonna come a point in time when when you know the the deceiver of the world will be revealed and everybody will look upon him and be like, that's who's been deceiving us. And they're gonna like it's it's almost like a wow, that's what I fell for. Now, the reason why I bring these verses up is because the devil isn't always what you have been taught it is. Sometimes the devil is your thoughts. The Bible also states that when the word comes out, the devil comes quickly away to take it, comes quickly to take it away. Every time you get a great idea and those pessimistic thoughts come rushing in behind it, that's the devil. So that's why it's very important that when you have these pessimistic thoughts, you go and you stand right in the face of these thoughts and you confront them. That's why I brought that first verse up. You're supposed to look the devil right in the face. You look your pessimistic thoughts right in the face and you confront them. And you start basically calling them out as liars. And you call them out as liars by finding all of the inverse actions of them. You find all of the answers to them. And as you start doing that, and then these thoughts start coming in, and you're able to overcome these thoughts, that's where that second verse came in that, that I told you about. Now you're able to look back and be like, these were the thoughts. When you get this thought, you go, like, there's some thoughts I get now. And I'm literally like, man, shut up. Like, I really tell the thought that. Like, I tell that part of my mind, man, shut up. That's stupid. And then you start looking back on these thoughts, and you're like, that that's what held me back that's what caused me to be paralyzed with fear that's what caused me not to move on my dreams that and you're gonna start laughing but i need you to remember that your pessimistic thoughts are your enemy so this tool of inversion thinking is a tool that you can implement today as you go through that transition. It is a hard transition. It is difficult to change your mind, especially when this is a, a thought process that has been implanted in you by your mother, your grandmother, your great grandmother, their their grandparents, a whole a whole culture teaches always wait for the second. What is it? The second shoe to drop. That's what we get taught. So it's hard to transition. It's hard to just cold turkey go from always thinking about what could go wrong to looking for everything that could go right and acting on it. So as you go through that transition, use this tool. Use this tool until your mind naturally thinks of solutions. Use this tool of inversion thinking to overcome pessimistic thoughts so i want to thank you all for stopping by the kitchen i hope today's entree was nourishing and you come back and visit us again as we go live from the kitchen